I spend a lot of time talking about mindset because the only difference between people who manage their money and their resources in a way that meets their desires and their own tolerances and those of us who don't is just thinking about it, starting off with thinking about it, changing your mindset around what you can do with the resources that you have and the resources that are coming to Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting show of the About That Wallet podcast, where we help you build strong financial habits. And one of the things that I want to have to say, I want to thank Bill for putting this thing together uh, from my true prosperity uh, to make this interview happen. So I got to give him a shout out to this, uh, to Bill. So Bill Mills. Yeah, Bill Mills, man, taking, taking it with stride. You know what I'm saying? He's doing his thing. I have the awesome opportunity to bring on Carlene Ulasia. How are you doing today, Carlene? I am grateful and blessed. How are you, Anthony? I am doing fantastic. Just having a great day. How about you, so? <laughs> one moment at a time, and I'm grateful for this moment. Yes. Now, one of the things that, um, you know, I was coming through doing my research about you, you know, just kind of get a feel of who you are. And one of the things that, that jumped out to me was that you really like Jesse J. And I was like, what is it about Jesse J? And then you oh, talking wow. about, you know, I still follow my face sometimes and I color inside the lines because I am imperfectly Im- incomplete. I'm still working on my masterpiece. Oh, you're going to make me get emotional now. I'm getting for clip. That's right. It's okay to fall down. It's normal. We are here on this planet to fall down and learn how to pick ourselves back up. Mm. That's why that song speaks to me so much. Alicia Keys' Underdog is another one. Last organization I worked for, I tried to, the large international nonprofit, I tried to get something going where that became our theme song. Didn't quite work out, but it could have because Underdog, oh, uh, let's see if I can remember the lyrics. Oh, gosh. I'm horrible with lyrics. I'm pretty good about it when I'm in the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, But if you haven't listened to it yet, and I know so many people know it, it was number one hit, but Alicia Keys' Underdog. Listen to that when you're feeling down or when you're trying to encourage somebody else. Um, Whether it be a soldier on the front line running to the fire when the rest of us run away or a single mama waiting on that check to come, trying to take care of her babies. Or, you know, whoever, whatever your struggle is, we are the underdogs in this power in working together or understanding that we are not alone as the underdog. Yeah. And one of the things about, you know, feeling like you're alone is that this is one of the reasons why I created this show is so that people don't feel like they're alone and that everybody are going through things and we need to figure out how to overcome it. And the way to overcome a fear is to take a action and take an action to build a habit, to build a habit so you don't have to go through this fear again, so that you can prosper in the way that, and have the life that you want to live. So I know you were overcoming quite a bit to get you this far. Um, do you have, um, what is one of the things that you're pretty much, I won't say running away from, but a fear of going back to? Oh, wow. Really well said. Because it takes more courage to stay. Or even if you run away to go back. Let me think about that question. 
So as a child growing up, I saw a lot of feast or famine, a lot of prosperity and then not prosperity. Um, my father was one of the last to migrate north in the Great Migration that actually the Great Migration from the south, the deep south up north, started in the late 1700s, went all the way to the 1950s. So my father and his 14 siblings, immigra siblings immigrated north from Mississippi. They brought with them a lot of that poverty mindset, a lot of that slave mentality in, in, in a way. But at the same time, they brought with them that great adventurer spirit. And they moved north and they didn't become employees. They became business owners. And so I'm so proud of them for that. And but at the same time, there was this duality between flying high and my father would buy a Cadillac. And back then in the 70s, the Cadillac was a big deal. He'd buy a Cadillac, a new Cadillac every year. He had a boat. He'd take us four kids out on Lake Michigan all the time, these big trips. And then there would be other years where he'd be miserable sitting in you know, his boxers on the couch, smoking and... Um, what we got for Christmas, and we were we were good kids, but what we got for Christmas was rock candy. So there was this great duality, this opposing duality, highs, lows, highs, lows. And what I came away with was this fear of the lows. Okay. And my most recent, and these my evolution as I have reached prosperity at some times and not prosperity at other times, or feeling prosperous, is to understand that the lows are part of the process, and this too shall pass, and to rely on my supports. Because I always say to my son, he's 13, even the King of England, we have to say King now, the King of England needs help. The President of the United States needs help. Even Jesus had his disciples. So it's okay for you and me to realize we need help. We don't have to pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and do it ourselves all the time. And it's just the normal part of the process. So, you know, that's in church, they say fear is a lie, right? So mm -hmm. I try to remember that. Um, so when I get in that place of fear to um, feel the fear and do it anyway, you know, I use all my sayings, all my affirmations. But when I fall down to forgive myself, there's a, an ancient Hawaiian um, prayer that I learned about a few years ago, and I've grappled it to my soul, and it's called the Ho'oponopono prayer. Hmm. And it's basically four things you say to yourself or to others around any kind of feelings that you want to heal from or move on from. I'm sorry. Okay. Please forgive me. I thank you. I love you. Or, I'm sorry, I forgive you. I thank you. I love you. Because when we hold ill feelings to someone else, it's like that pill that we keep on taking, but the other person's often moved on. So that's that's my long answer to how I am. And it's a process. I feel the fear and I move through it anyway when I can. And when I can't, I forgive myself. Yeah, because sometimes we forget to forgive ourselves in that moment. Um, cause right now a lot of people are strapped for cash, uh, financially. And, you know, since we are about that wallet, we like to talk about, you know, how can we emotionally get through the tough times when we don't have any guidance and just don't know where to start. So how did, you know, how did you 
continue to build on your health um, to recognize your self-worth in this, in this environment? Another really key question. And, and one of the things that I keep reminding myself and when I'm in times of, of, of prosperity, prosperity means um, I have ample time. I have ample emotional um, reserves. I have ample funds. I have ample work that nurses, nourishes me. Prosperity is about so much more than dollars. Mm -hmm. But dollars are called currency for a reason. Money responds to energetic flow. So if our emotions, our heart, our um, relationships are in a certain place, then the money flows. If we're thinking from a place of deprivation or I don't have, guess what? That's what universe says. You keep telling me you don't have, so you don't have. And the minute, and, and almost instantly, what I have seen for me is, for instance, I was working on, I've been working on this opportunity. Uh, my company is called Why You Prosper. Why You Prosper. Yup. 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 Yup, you do. And um, I have a, uh, um, a client that I would really love to work with. And they sent me a wonderful email last week. Um, well, a very encouraging email. I made it wonderful, right? But it, just reading the words, I just felt encouraged by it. And so I thought, okay, well, I'll hear from them next week. And I kept looking at my email. And what kept pop popping into my head was a watch pot never boils. A watch pot never boils. Mm. Do you know Monday, Anthony, I did not get one email in my email box for almost 24 hours. When do you never get an email in your email box? Not even junk mail or spam. That's right. Yeah. And I said, okay, here's another glaring example about how I am a powerful manifester. And I hope you take this. Um, if you're listening, if you're listening to this live or in, in, in a recording, I hope you take this as an example of how you are, are, are we are all powerful manifestors. You are a badass manifester. I'm going to tell you. Because as soon as I made up my mind to say, instead of that, I said, things are hopping in my email. My email is the place to be. And I would say that as I would start to open it up. Like within a few hours of saying that, I got my email was back to normal. Hmm. Yes. So like, all these good things. The email from the potential client hadn't come yet, but it came a couple of days later and with some follow-up. So kind of that's that's my approach to feeling kind of stuck or like things aren't flowing the way I, that I would like them to flow and understanding that they will maybe not in the positive that I wanted to go as long as I wanted to go, but that's okay. That tells me enjoy the positive when it's flowing and similarly com or conversely or similar mindset when things are negative or things are tough, just get through it. And don't be afraid to tell others as you're getting through it. Because one thing can happen is you can inspire and encourage them. Mm -hmm. The second thing is maybe they might know somebody. Nine out of 10 opportunities come about from who we know. Definitely. It's like the the proximity principle. It's like, you, it's almost like that person you at least suspect that could help you is more than likely the person you need to lean on. Yep. One of my favorite books is Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Mm -hmm. And he talks about how, um, and I'm sorry, I'm not going to remember his name, but the sevens of highly successful people written over 20 years ago, a lot of good 
business sense to it. And he talks a lot about relationship development and how you become like, like back in the day where I used to hear the elders in my family say, watch out, baby, you become like the company you keep. Mm-hmm. Well, in this book, it says you become like the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're hanging out with broke folks, if you're hanging out with people who are where you aspire to be to or who are working on that as well, well, that's what happens. You become like that. Or it becomes easier to have those opportunities to come to you. Yeah. And I, I think I did a repost of a reel recently. It was like, you know, like you and your work friends sneaking at a two hour lunch coming back to work. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you're going to hang around the people that you hang around with or you guys going to do the same. So when you're judged like them, don't be surprised because it it's a common thing. We like to be liked. We like to be part of the crew. Um, but it's okay to have your circles and say no. And your your friends and your circle should respect that. And that's exactly what 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 I'm about. Being intentional with how and who I spend my time, mm-hmm. and how and who I give my energy and my time to. Yeah, yeah. because uh, you know we talked about some. I mean, I know you mentioned your father. So does it come into like how you got into like the estate planning side of the house? Is that what happened? Yes, absolutely. Because for my own family, as well as my community and in communities in general, and I come from BIPOC, um, you know, communities of color, and I grew up on the south side of Chicago. Um my um i married into a a a cuban family so very latin so my son has he's like the united nations walking around (laughs) so i've seen um different cultures and and different walks of life and i see the contrast between the haves and the have-nots i have seen and so from that young age where i saw my father as a construction company owner and him going through his ups and downs through become, going away and going to college, getting a scholarship for the University of Illinois Champaign-Urbana, going abroad in the work exchange program in London, being exposed to folks who have, and then being someone where I could not afford to pledge a sorority because I couldn't take a chance to jeopardize my financial assistance, right? So seeing the opportunity and, and, and seeing how some have to work harder for opportunity than others, in my mind, I kept going back to what's the disconnect here and how can we create intergenerational wealth and in order to create intergenerational wealth you not only have to create prosperity for today in your family but then you have to talk to the kids you have to plan for the kids so often we think oh well back in the day i don't know as it's not as much today but sort of traditional has thinking thinking has been you go to college get a job go work for a company get a 401k or retirement, you're okay. And then your kids will inherit what you not no more. That is not the world today for the majority of people. It is rare to have a retirement account that takes care of a, um, that, the, that will take care of you into your older years. First reason is we're living longer. Retirement accounts and social security was not designed for people living into their 90s, for the majority of the population living into their 80s, late 80s and 90s. 
And I am a life, uh, life and health insurance annuity agent. And in those, in my learning, in my, uh, um, my training, I have learned that, um, the actuary tables for how long people are living is getting longer and longer. So, and this is why retirement is planning for longer and longer. It used to be 59 and a half was sort of the average. Then it went to 60 something. Now it's 70 something that, that it is expected that you will get full benefit of retirement. Um, so one, I would say definitely if, if you're of that mindset that you want to and the, and, and you are in a position where you're paying into and you have retirement benefits, great, good on you. But for those of us who are getting close to that age, we're seeing that really with inflation and with what that fund is going to pay, that may or may not cover my expenses for at the level that I needed to or for how long I needed to. So, so many people are looking at other income sources, but understand that that is very different than estate and legacy planning. That's retirement. How are you going to take care of you and your dependents for now? That's, that's retirement. The old school thinking that that retirement would leak into your family after you pass on is into some, some, some form of wealth insurance policy as well as retirement benefits or an annuity. That doesn't happen as much these days. So I encourage people to think of estate planning and legacy as a different animal than retirement. Estate planning, estate and legacy planning are about having a will. Um, looking at the type of insurance policy that you have and really examining, can, certainly there are pros and cons with having just a temporary, sort of a, not temporary, just a, a, a term life policy that will pay out a certain benefit as long as you keep paying into it, as opposed to a whole life policy where you basically end up paying for that full amount. And then it gives you, it can give you some interest and dividends back or it can pay out in other ways. Uh, and so really, I, I encourage, I'm getting a little too technical for this conversation. Oh, There's a lot there. No, people love this technical stuff. <laughs> I have right <laughs> But you and I, we can geek out into this, right. but the average Joe is just like, la, 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 la. <laughs> Man, I'm just trying to talk about my retirement. What you talking to me about? Right? Mm -hmm. And God forbid we should talk to the kid, the children in our family about this. Yeah, that one. Um, yeah, let's get started on that because that's right. really the importance that's of legacy important. planning, yes. right? We're talking about legacy, and I don't know about you, Anthony, but when I grew up, and I wanted, you know, I would learn about some financial literacy at school, and I want to come home and talk about it. Yeah, I would be said, and in, in, in the basically the the what I remember as my family response, the elders' response is, "What money? I ain't got no money. I ain't talking about money." Yep. Right. And, what, and you are teaching your children. We teach our children no matter what we do. Right. That's what I learned about money. So most important is understand that legacy is not just about the hard items or the, the solid tangible items like money and life insurance policies, but it's also talking to your children about what to do with money now and how money works, how, how money moves and how it works, because If you, I've seen families uh, be left with a good chunk of money, $100,000 in life insurance or an annuity of X amount of dollars. And within less than a year, that money is gone. Mm -hmm. 
because nobody's talked about how to manage money or how to think about money and what to do with money when you get big amounts. So legacy planning is not, is, is about the actual dollars and cents. And I would highly recommend considering working with a, um, your benefits advisor, if you have a retirement plan, because they can talk to you about retirement as well as other options for, um, after you're after you're after you pass on they also have a lot of financial literacy and financial consulting that they can provide but what you can do today is just start thinking about it and if you haven't thought about it yesterday that's okay say to yourself i forgive you i'm sorry it's okay let's work on this now thank you and move on right yep. in mindfulness i don't for folks who pray or who practice a mindfulness mindfulness meditation it's about present moment and moving forward now we can't worry about shoulda coulda woulda start from today it's a new moment and start thinking about it and maybe that's maybe meeting with a financial coach there are several free resources around for coaching and counseling the united way has uh, financial coaches available. I used to be on staff with the United Way Suncoast in the Tampa Bay area. Free counseling. I, I still volunteer as a financial coach right now. Uh, Lutheran Social Service has a large consumer credit counselor department. Um, and I'll send you some resources post interview that you can share with your audience if you like. Like, if you like, there are a lot of resources out there. Yes, definitely. That'll be great because, um, you know, obviously, this is for educational purposes only. So this is kind of get your wheels turning so that you can start that research and actually put you in the right guidance because you can Google anything you want to. But this is by listening to this show and other shows like this is that we can help you pinpoint at least get your search down to something that will suit your needs. And because personal finance is personal, we can't tell you everything because you can have that windfall. And like she's talking about is that we don't, have the strategies to actually keep it a lot longer. Sometimes, even if it's just a hundred thousand dollars, it could just be wiping out your student loans. Yeah, it's going to be gone in a year. Um, now, some people be like, "Well, I could take a hundred thousand dollars and flip that to a million dollars." That's great for you. It all depends on how your financial situation is, your risk risk tolerance, and so forth, and the habits that you've built around your lifestyle and your family, and what that looks like. So you, you hit it right on the head, Anthony. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I guess for doing this for so long. <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's and and if you listen to me talk, if anyone hears me talk, you'll see that I spend a lot of my time talking about mindset mm. and personal tolerances because the majority of folks don't address retirement or I'm never gonna retire, right? You know, right. Or estate and legacy planning. I don't have nothing to leave nobody, blah, 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 right? Or even things like budgeting. And, uh, you know, we end up spending money here and there instead of where we want it to, to be. I spend a lot of time talking about mindset because the only difference between people who manage their money and their resources in the way that meets their desires and their own tolerances and those of us who don't it's just thinking about it, starting off with thinking about it, changing your mindset around what you can do with the resources that you have and the resources that are coming to you. Hey, like at the end of this, uh, in the show notes that you got. <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
Now, uh, because the mindset is such a powerful thing, uh, which leads us to the third segment, which is the features. Um, what is it or what skills or habits that you feel will take you to the next level? Um, to gain greater prosperity or to manage your finances better or to get an estate, a, a, a state plan in order or to set up a retirement. It, you know, you have to decide what your goal is and, and what next level you want to choose to get to at this point. Yeah. Well, this segment is for you personally, though. Okay. So yeah. for me, getting to the next level is talking to more folks like you, Anthony. Okay. who have a platform, who have people who listen in to the experts that are on your on your show and on your podcast. Because for me, the next level in my own passion, which is helping everyone get raise their raise their status with their own prosperity, is getting the message out and talking about it. I am currently writing an ebook. Hey. So <laughs> And go figure it's on mindset, prosperity. Right. And what I love about ebook, you know, if this were 50 years ago and we just had paper books, I don't know that I would have written it. But these days, I am a connector. One of my love languages is connectedness. And what I have great value on and I happen to be good at is connecting people with understanding the pain points that a person has and then being able to just kind of almost effortlessly think to a resource or a person to connect them to that can help ease or resolve that pain point. So it makes sense that an ebook is what's being created. And I do have a link to the beginnings of that ebook that has about 20 resources in it around budgeting, mindset, prosperity. Um, and pro again, prosperity is not just about finance, but you know, what uh, kind of it's, Creating more happiness, more abundance, more feeling of abundance brings more abundance. So it's around resources, uh, those types of resources. So the next step for me is just to continue with where I'm at. I'm on a good trajectory. I'm old enough to know how to take care of me and mine, so to speak, and not try to do other people. I say to my son all the time, he'll say to me, well, mom, such and such thinks this or such and such is doing that. And I say, well, honey, you just do you. <laughs> and let them do them. Exactly. I'm old enough now that I spend more of my time doing me. And what that allows me to do is to be more of me. And more of me wants to it really, I never thought of myself as a coach, but that's really what my passion is, is coaching others, supporting others, creating supports that all of us can use to, great, to create greater wealth and well-being in our lives. Um, there's that old saying, um, it takes a village and we are all as strong as our weakest link. We need to ev have everybody else, get, have everybody get strong. All right. Is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with before we go to the final four questions? Ready. Let's go. Let's do this. All right. Number one, what does wealth mean to you? Wealth means to me living a rich and prosperous life. Rich and prosperous, money is a part of that, but it's not all of it. Number it two. means having, yeah, sorry. It means having health. It means have, having happiness, having relationships, having time. Time is way more precious 
than dollars. You can always get more dollars, but we only get so many minutes on this planet. So that's really what wealth and prosperity mean to me. Number two, what was your worst money mistake? You want me to say only one? <laughs> if you want to give out two, go for it. <laughs> it's silly, but I don't know about I don't know about you, but I hate when I lose money. I absolutely hate it. And here in Florida, we have a lot of theme parks. And I was at Universal Studios. I, I was so excited that I was able to take my son. Um, we were able to buy an annual pass for Universal Studios. And I'm walking around and I had my money in my pocket. It, was, it wasn't a ton of money, but it was $100. To me, $100 is a lot of money. And I went and put my hand in the, my pocket and the money was gone. Oh, I still feel a certain way about that because I just don't like losing money. It just makes me feel so, I don't know, I can't even say the word. So for me, that was my worst mistake. And my son is very much into sports. And um, there's a saying I learned and two sayings. One is you win or you learn. So when I make a mistake, I try to look to see what is the learning there. When I make a win these days, I look for the learnings there as well. So you best believe when I go to a theme park, I, I put my money in a different place than just in my pocket. And I have not lost money again. There you go. The second, the second thing that is another of mine, the great Wayne Gretzky said, you lose 100% of the shots you don't take. All right. Number three, what is your favorite financial or non-financial book? My favorite book these days, and it changes, right? But, um, and I'm not a super, for those of us who are not big readers, it's okay. This is Audible. Love Audible. You can read a book and there's lots of book summarizing websites. And the public, our local public library has an Audible reading app as well. So, but this one, I actually, I listened to it and I went and bought the book because it was so good. And it's called Three Feet from Gold. And it's um, sort of a part two book that um, from a book that was written almost a hundred years ago called Think and Grow Rich. Um, and I, yeah, I like Three Feet from Gold because it's a modern take on this old concept of these wealthy white guys. That's, that's basically who they were, who, who shared some of their secrets about how to be wealthy. So that was Think and Grow Rich. My favorite book, again, is Three Feet from Gold, written by a man and a woman. Greg Reed and Sharon Lecter. Sharon Lecter went on to become um, financial financial literacy advisor to the president a few years ago. So, and and then she wrote um, Think and Grow Rich for Women. So, Three Feet from Gold is so important, such an important book to me, and I recite from it very often because. So often, you know, we put the work into it. We strive. We're like, okay, I'm going to try this. It feels like it's going to work. And, and then we keep going and we keep going. And, or sometimes we don't keep going and we just don't see it and we give up. And we are literally three feet from what miners would often do in experienced miners would mine a shaft and give up literally three feet from reaching that gold vein. The next miner would come along, pick up where they came and they become multi-billionaires. The Rockefellers, still billionaires today from those kinds of investments. 
So it reminds me, and my life, co- life coach, Nicole Mitchell, um, always says, how long do you keep going? Until. Until. Until you reach it. Until you reach that goal. Now, maybe you need to tweak your approach or so, but as long as that goal is still important to you, keep at it. So when you make money mistakes, that's okay. That's part of life. Look at what you can learn from it. Look at what supports you feel like you might need and keep going and believe you can reach it. So that means uh, you're going to like question four then, which is what is your favorite dish to make? My favorite wish to make? Dish. Food. Oh, food. My food dish. Yeah. I. You know what? I've been cooking for so many years, Anthony. If I never spend another minute in the kitchen again, it will be too soon. <laughs> but my favorite dish to eat mm-hmm. is a ribeye steak with a big pile of asparagus, buttery asparagus, and a nice yummy baked potato and a glass of sweet tea. Okay, I thought you were going to pair it with like a red wine or something like that, but a sweet tea can go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take tea over wine. Okay. I like wine. I just. For me, wine either makes me, if I'm with people, it makes me really happy and bubbly. Or if, if I'm by myself, because it's a mood alterer, it makes me cry. So, uh-huh. Yeah, we don't want you crying while you're eating your famous. <laughs> your favorite. You want to eat, you want to enjoy that steak, right? Right. Uh, What's your favorite dish to eat? My favorite dish to eat, um, as of late, because it, it varies. Um, but as of late, it's been lasagna. And it's usually like a six to seven layer lasagna. So a thick lasagna. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Go big, go home. Um, But I and I, but I can make a dish that my son loves, and that's frijoles negro con platanos maduro, which is black beans and fried sweet bananas. Basically, it's a very Cuban dish. Oh, so oh, like plantains, right? Or is it plantains plant- only the, the sweet ones you can make plantains mm-hmm. you can cook them green and they kind of fry like crunchy potatoes flat potatoes mm-hmm. or you can make them maduras which are like the sweet sir, like you know super sweet super soft ones yeah mm-hmm. all right yeah you yeah we might have to have a cooking show at the Getting hungry now right, <laughs> right. <laughs> uh well i have the final question of the show which is where could people find out more about you? Great question. Thank you. So um, the best place to reach me is through my LinkedIn profile. Um, with If you just look up my name, Carlene Ulacia, U-L-A-C-I-A. And then I do a fair amount on Facebook. I'm trying to do more on Insta, but really Facebook and LinkedIn are my two main sources. Hit me up there in either place with a message and I'd be glad to support you. Um, also, those same platforms will post future programs and um, ebooks that are coming up. Nice. Well, thank you so much, Carleen, for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure having you on here. Uh, and those of you who have been listening, if you got any value out of this particular episode or you think somebody else will take value, go ahead on and like this particular episode because once you like this, it actually help and helps the algorithm pick me up so that more people can find me just like you did. And also, when you share that with a friend, just go down and put a little note message like, hey, I shared this with somebody. I really like what Colleen had to say. 
And this really resonated with me and my life and my family. Cause you know, the mindset is every is everything. You know, the money will come and go. Like she said, time is something that we cannot make more of. So I just want to leave you with that. Thank you all so much. Y'all have a blessed one. And I'm out. Peace.